clinical Up. clinical Up. clinical population population clinical population population clinical population Hello everybody, my name's Gabby. I'm Allison. I'm Grant. And welcome to Clinical Bopulations. Introducing music therapists to new bops and new bops to music therapy. Season six, first episode. Woo! Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's been a while, friends. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we we ended last season with the, you know, it's just this is what it is. <laughs> um, but things are, you know, pandemic wise, starting to get a little better with the vaccine coming out. Um, more people taking the vaccine and. You know, hopefully the end of 2021 will be a little bit better than the beginning of 2021. Yeah. Hard to believe it's already been almost a year since yes. we were in lockdown. You know, by the time this episode releases, I think that's going to be actually the one year anniversary yeah. of the lockdown. <laughs> wow. I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> wow. What's one thing that you have gained or learned from this pandemic that you are grateful for? It could be something super small or something meta, whatever. <laughs> I think for me, it's been really emphasizing how important quality time is um, to me. And really just missing like you guys and my family and my friends and not being able to go and spend that quality time with everyone. Um, and then also just, I, I actually kind of miss the beginning of lockdown when my partner and I would like go and have really long walks together. We were spending a lot more time, like meaningful time, not just working in, in separate rooms on Zoom. <laughs> so that's kind of what I've gotten out of it, how important that is to me. Maybe it's my love language. <laughs> That's mine too, actually. Yeah, quality time is important. Um, I have really enjoyed seeing how musicians have adapted to quarantine, so virtual concerts. Chance the Rapper has been putting these like amazing productions out that have been giving me life <laughs> this entire pandemic. So yeah, that's that's what I've enjoyed. I think for me, this past year has been really interesting. And one of the things that I learned a lot and have tried to embrace more so, um, I read a tweet from Brandon K. Good, who's a writer for uh, shows like Big Mouth um, and they're a queer black writer um, in the comedy scene and other productions. But they had a tweet that was something along the lines of a conversation they had with a friend. And the takeaway from it was, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm hitting a wall 
And the response to that statement was, sometimes we need to learn that when we hit a wall, it's okay to lean on them and rest. And I think especially like considering how, how intense this past year is, like as we keep hitting up against these things and I feel like I've hit like my pandemic wall, essentially, I guess that's the word or the phrase mm-hmm. I can use for it, knowing that it's not necessarily a sign of defeat or experiencing it as much, but like really understanding that like sometimes like those feelings are just a sign that you need to rest and like you can work through them at a different time maybe if you can work through them or if they're even worth working through but just really understanding and learning what rest is for you and Mm. trying to embrace that which is a really weird thing I think for me to like come to now especially in the ways in which like years ago I would never have been like oh yeah no I'm just gonna take a break for a week and not worry about it like that would not have been (laughs) me like four or five years ago I would have been like so taken aback and like wow like you really should be doing something right now but like at this point really trying to reclaim and understand like what that is and actually doing it Mm -hmm. so yeah rest much needed yeah and just knowing what your what your body needs like really tuning in and getting that awareness that is so powerful Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing grants and allison um so listeners those are just some things that we have um Grown to appreciate or gained or have just been sitting with during this time of quarantine um, and the pandemic. And hopefully all of you have been able to find things um, that have helped you and supported you during this time. So, yeah, we're just going to get on with season six. We're excited to be back. We have a lot of cool things planned this season. So, Now we're going to listen to Barricades by Action Adventure, which is a pop punk band from Chicago. that was barricades by action adventure i actually found them on tiktok and their song fit into the entire tiktok video and i actually thought that it was just part of the song so i was hooked and i was like oh let me find the rest of the song and then i went to the youtube video and that's the whole song (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of impressive actually definitely yeah yeah Yeah. Four lines. Four lines. Amazing. In less than 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. 
I had a, a similar reaction, Gabby. I went to go listen to it and I was like, am I clicking the right thing? Wait, okay, hang on. Let me go to a different place. So I went to Spotify and I found it. And I'm like, oh no, that's, that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can listen to like four times in the span of a regular length song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know it's, it's one of those things where like you listen to it and you can kind of just keep having it on loop and not even realize how many times you've listened to it. Um, yeah. And it's only like you said, like four sentences and so sh- like, it's so short and to the point, but the fact that it can just be played on loop is just a testament to like how just great the music is in this one. Definitely. Definitely. And also a testament to just lyrics, like, you don't always need to have a whole 10 pages of lyrics or all these metaphors dropped in, you know, you can just stick to one thing, mm-hmm. which this metaphor mm-hmm. is barricade. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting in the context of the song, because usually when we're talking about things that, or we're pushing up against or things that are pushing up against us. It's I've heard like glass ceiling, I've heard walls, I've but I don't think I've actually heard barricades as a chosen metaphor. But yeah, it just adds to the power of the metaphor, you know, how strong the of a word barricade is as compared to glass ceiling, which you can see through, you can not necessarily easily break, but it's a lot more breakable than a barricade is. Mm-hmm. Also think too, just like the context of a barricade and the fact that this is a pop, like a pop punk man and all the members of their people of color, like the political uh, like connotation of what a barricade is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there is, it can almost be perceived as antagonistic to the person who is communicating that message um, in terms of just the way that like that could be used in that sense, instead of using something like the word wall or obstacle or challenge, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Like it's specific to the context mm-hmm. of being a person of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we were mentioning the other metaphors, like glass ceiling is used a lot. Um, at least today I'm reminded a lot, it's International Women's Day. So I'm reminded a lot of like the pay gap and, um, you know, positions within fields and higher up. And also was bringing to mind kind of like the, the hierarchies and like higher education systems as well, um, especially in within music therapy, like, like internships and just uh, we were talking earlier before recording about the, the, you know, classical Western music being one of the main things that we study. And yeah, there's a lot of things that went through my mind when, (laughs) when we were talking about barricades. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with a lot of those perspectives. I know that um, Gabby and I, like we have talked about this definitely like in some of our one-on-one conversations too. Um, But I got a chance to watch the band's uh, YouTube video clips 
that accompany the TikTok and the single for barricades. And as they were talking about the messages that they held in the signs and the TikTok video, they'd go into a little bit more detail about it. A lot of those things were very <laughs> reflective and just like, they very much reflect what happens in the field of music therapy. Um, like, I can't tell you the amount of times that like I've heard within the, I've only been working as a professional music therapist for going on like five years. Like I'm finishing my first cycle and the amount of times that I've heard from like other students of color, like, Oh, you're the first like black man that I've seen as a music therapist, which, you know, I know there's other music therapists of color out there, but still like that statement, whenever I hear that definitely makes it a lot more real. Just like how few of us there are in the field comparatively. Mm -hmm. Um, And just that experience about um, what those barriers are for access to becoming a professional, but also to just the importance of representation, Mm -hmm. um, which we discuss in so many different other areas, especially across media, but also like in professional spaces like this, and, you know, it's interesting that it's very reflective of a lot of different music scenes as well. Mm-hmm. In the whole music world. Yeah. And like in part of their description of the song, they were asking how how can we represent what our band stands for lyrically, instrumentally in under 60 seconds, channeling all of our different experiences growing up as people of color in the alternative scene which I can relate to because I, I mean, I was an alternative fan growing, I mean, still am <laughs> growing up, yes, you same, know, so like going to warp tour, like, what do you see? Who do you see on stage? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And even like standing out as like a fan in the crowd, like, mm-hmm. you know, if you go with a group of friends, like I'm not going to get lost <laughs> or like they'll always be able to find me. Like, which, you know, is another thing too. Like, who do we cater the message to, mm-hmm. even if it's something that yeah. you resonate with, which like these band members were talking about, like, this is music that they really felt connected with and music that they wanted to create and share, but mm-hmm. still like how it's even marketed and presented to in that audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, every every show that I went to in high school, it was a bunch of um, white guys on the stage. And, um, you know, as somebody, granted, I am a white woman, but um, I was really into that music and really wanted to be a part of that and really wanted to make that music, but I never saw a woman on the stage. Um, so I cannot imagine what it feels like to then also have that other, what they call it barricade mm-hmm. of not being able to play the music that you really resonate with and really love and love to play with your friends and not be able to do that. Um, and they even say in their description, like we hope this song and video show people that the way they look should shouldn't have any effect on what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very sad that there are so many of those in different, all different genres, but um, yeah. 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 I remember the first time I saw, well, I didn't, I don't think I never saw Paramore live, but the first time I like saw a video of Haley Williams singing, I was like, there's a, there's a woman <laughs> who is singing right front front of a band. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. And yeah. Hey Monday, that was another one. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. those are the only two I can think of at this point, but 
that I listened to at that time, at least. Evanescence, kind of. Kinda. They were a little. They, they had, they had other other genres that were mixed in, but. I just had like a visceral reaction and just remembered Flyleaf. <laughs> like, just like that oh, memory just flashed yeah. in my mind. I was like, wait a minute, what was that band? And I couldn't think of it. I was like, Evanescence, who else? No, there's a different band. There's a different band. I was like, Flyleaf. Oh my God. Flyleaf. As soon as you said that, I was like, like, flashing the past. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, just taken back in time. Oh. Yeah. No, it's like, I don't even think about that too. Like, I'm trying to think even more so like other with the bands like I remember gym class heroes had like oh yeah, like, yeah. you know they had like you know like Travi is a Tra- like Travis. person of color like who was the frontman of that and then like block party was another one oh, but like yeah. even still like but in the past like few minutes we've named five mm-hmm. bands you know what yeah. I mean like mm-hmm. that we had the ability to like witness growing up like during our teenage years um so like still like even though there was those options that were there it's yeah. <laughs> like in the sea of what is the lineup for like these tours and like just the shows and like right you know like going through like my cd album or just like my list of cds that i had as a kid and, or like teenager and <laughs> looking through them like wow like it's very yeah very limited in like what the perspective could have been beyond that very limited like representation yeah yeah i was even trying to think of like asian american not even not even just filipino but i mean there's like hoobastank like (laughs) i don't know uh there's an emo a very indie emo band called daphne loves derby there was i remember them yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know i was like whoa (laughs) yeah um and then geez i don't even i don't even know like i can't yeah i'm trying to think through all the cds that i collected as a teenager and lincoln park Lincoln, but do they yeah. do they count? Do they count as book tour? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they ever did that. That was more my brother's band, Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Something I had written down, um, you know, that kind of relates to to what we're talking about. So when I was listening to this the first time, I was just jotting down things that were coming to mind, and one of the things I said was. It really brings awareness to the whiteness of the pop punk and alternative scenes. Um, you know, and just from what we've just talked about of all the the bands that we listen to, a lot of them, like I said, have that uh, white male presence on stage. And it just real, really made me take pause of um, and try to like think about how they were uh this song is kind of like telling us how um seeing a person can really change the influence of whether you're listening to them or not after you're seeing them um and i think about that even with like radio you know when you listen to a radio dj and you get an idea in your head of what they look like i mean that's such a real thing but how sad is that that then a lot of people can can then listen and 
or stop listening after they see who's the person behind the uh, behind the mic. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Those were some of my thoughts while I was listening. Yeah. Yeah. Image is so tied to music, unfortunately, whether you fit the the music scene that um, that you're making music for or listening to. Yeah, the brand that's been crafted. The brands, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. So I think one of the things that I've really been impacted by uh, recently when it comes to like the concept of brands is the fact that we have this idea of what's considered normative and shout out to my professor Sue Hadley um, because one of the things that we've talked about, we've discussed a lot um, in the past, well, ever since I've been studying at Slippery Rock, um, but it's the idea of what it means to render what's normative as strange and being able just to like name it and claim like, and just acknowledge it. And I feel like that, is very uh, related and to the point of this idea of like, when you visually see somebody and like the image that you've already created in your mind before you actually get a chance to see it, like questions are like, so what is it that you envision and why is it that you envision that? Um, As opposed to really just witnessing somebody in their completeness first (laughs) before making those assumptions. Like, really curious as to know, like, why we make those assumptions or why we believe those things are the way that they should be, which a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like, there are <laughs> dominant systems that have really established the way that the world works, um, but they don't necessarily have to be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the end all be all. We can really take time to, like, sit, discuss, and, like, dismantle our those systems and like really interrogate our understandings of what those are. Um, I just feel like that's a really important like tie to, especially when it comes to like this concept of branding and how we understand that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's the power of like social media, like TikTok. That's this, I mean, this concept of being able to, start to dismantle all of these things. A lot of artists are using that platform as a way to kind of get back at the recording industry, which is <laughs> so amazing. Uh, but then also platforms like this, where we can have these discussions and, and bring it to another audience who may not have had that opportunity to see it. So that was really powerful, Grant. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think just normative within our experiences listening to this music and and this music scene, we can also think about normative in like the clinical sense as well. Like (laughs) us as as therapists, I mean, are we normative? And then the, our clients, the people that we're working with or serving, they are viewed in society as, as not normative. And we're essentially trying to help them cope with not being normative or to turn into normative. Yes. 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 
<laughs> yeah. And that's the problem with a lot of goals that are written, um, that those are attempts to do that. So why are we working on certain behaviors that are considered normal um, when that shouldn't be a thing? <laughs> and that's what I'm going to say about that. I'm going to drop the mic and then I'm going to mute. <laughs> Go off, Allison. <laughs> no, I think... Um, what you were saying, Gabby, Gabby, like, are we normative? Uh, I believe that there's an entire extra layer of that, particularly within our field. Um, just looking at who are the, who, who's the predominant identity of the clinicians and, um, and then also trying to rethink the way that we are engaging with our clients, talking about our clients, um, working with our clients, and just being aware of how we are placing them even further into a box mm -hmm. that should not exist. Mm -hmm. Further barricading them. Further barricading them, exactly. <laughs> Bring it back to the song. <laughs> yeah. It's sad because it's a, it's a, feels like a double-edged sword because on one hand, there's this very normative, <clears throat> sorry, I have like frogs in my throat, um, very normative set of clinicians. And then also the beauty of what we do as creatives and as music therapists is that we have the ability to use creative goals, musical goals that can bring out a person's strengths and resources so it's kind of these two things of re-examining what's really important when we're working with our clients. And then too, like from there, the question that I tend to ask is, in what ways have we accepted and internalized those and perpetuate them in ways that we don't need to? Like how much of this are we like, well, that's just the way it is. So I'm gonna roll with it and keep doing this as opposed to being like, this isn't working. Like what, what else is there to do? Like, how can I be part of something that changes this? And how can I foster spaces that allow for this type of change? Um, because I think the reality is we're gonna continue to face <laughs> these barricades. Um, but also too, I think it's also important to really just sit and explore and like try to understand how we mm -hmm. can also be part of that problem how we perpetuate that i think also the field in general like music therapy is a relatively young profession within the healthcare field as well so i mean within healthcare music therapy comes across barricades as well yeah um, so on the, I guess, approach help, like, so it's like, while we have barricades within our fields and, um, you know, in the smaller clinic space, you know, there's barricades that we experience 
outside of the clinic, in the community, in society, as well as our clients experience those too in their different identities. And so it's like all of us are experiencing all these barricades on different levels due to our different identities and in like intersections of our identities as well. Yeah, like how we come across barricades, but how we also can be those barricades or, or have accepted those within ourselves. Yeah, the importance of self-reflection. Yeah. It's something that should continue well beyond school for those for those students that are listening out there. I was thinking while looking at these lyrics and just reflecting on them, the would you listen part makes me think a lot of um, a facility in which Allison and I worked at we used to do a lot of singing, right? And it was put on performances. And when we put on a microphone on everyone's voices and they got to hear themselves in a louder, um, bigger capacity, you know, like in a, in, a, um, in a theater, in an auditorium, whatever space we were in. <clears throat> and you know, and the lights come on and there's people in the audience actually listening to them. That was so powerful. Oh my gosh, show day. Those were the best days just to see them really, really, really loving taking up that whole space and seeing the the look on their parents' faces that people were really listening to their child. Mm-hmm and how important that is and how important it will, would continue to be. Yeah. Oh, I miss it a lot. Yeah. yeah. To have people just listen. Yeah. And, you know, they did, they did look different. They did walk different. They spoke in different cadences mm-hmm. and saying in different pitches and things like that. But in in that art space, that space of like just the artistry and creativity, there wasn't, you know, any barricades there. Yeah. It was just so powerful. And the community mm-hmm. aspect of it. The mm-hmm. fact that a lot of the parents became really close. Obviously the the group became very close, those who were on the stage and um just very supportive of each other. And it was really nice to be in that kind of a space where mm-hmm. everyone was just so accepting and supportive and, and lots of love and listened that. Yeah. 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 That also kind of makes me wonder a little bit too about the ways in which people listen and how they choose to listen. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, in this space, you, when they're listening to people what are they listening for um is it you know just is it to actually learn and grow and to really just to like attend to somebody else's experience or are you also looking to or like hoping for i guess i should say hoping for the opportunity to for like a better word get inspiration porn from 
people mm-hmm. that look very different from you and like this chance to find this exception to some belief that you have <laughs> or bias that you hold um like understanding really what are we listening for how are we listening um and being able to have those conversations and to be able to foster spaces that really allow for like true deep listening yes yeah um that's such a good point i it was something that we touched on a little bit before recording and how um in some spaces that i've worked uh, i worked with some amazingly talented clients and um unfortunately when other people would hear them um well Prior to, prior to hearing them, they, they wouldn't give them the time of day. But after hearing them, it was like they were making themselves feel better for giving this person a public space to perform. And, and instead of like what you were talking about, Grant, of like listening because this person is super talented and deserves to be heard, it's, wow, look at them. They're, they're so good. I didn't think they would be like that. You know, how horrible is that? And, and I'm taking my client into a space to perform and at the time, not really realizing that that was what was going on. Maybe, maybe a little bit of it, but, but now looking back on it, I'm like how I feel guilty for bringing them into that space now thinking about, well, this person was just wanting to make themselves look better, make the place look better. And they're, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that needs to be looked at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of also brings up the concept of tokenization and just being the shiny token for, yeah. for, uh, for the facility or, or, or the group to be like, Hey, look, look at us. We're giving this person a chance or, look at us. This person is diverse. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is something that not only people experience professionally in the field, but also the folks that we're working with, like you all were talking about earlier experience, so like being able to navigate such a complex and sometimes not easy conversation um, is a it's a lot more needed to say the least um, because the reality is that these things have happened and people have experienced them. And, you know, I think there are times too, like within our own reflection that we've been part of something that has done that very same thing that like we don't want to continue doing or even being in situations where it's like, I think I can deal with this and like, I'll just suck it up for now. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, really being able to like have those conversations and to take those times, like to really sit with yourself too, like we said earlier, um, to figure out like, now that I know better, what can I do <laughs> to be better if I'm presented in that situation again? Mm-hmm. Um, and not letting it be like a hang up that stops you from this continued process of growth. Cause yeah it doesn't stop <laughs> like it, you know, every day, you know, we're hoping like we're in this continual process of just becoming better than we were. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that that's a really 
important takeaway. Like it may seem really daunting, but it's important that we keep trying to have these conversations and keep having them. Yeah. Here we go. This is what we're doing. We're going for it with, (laughs) with, uh, with the recent rise in anti-Asian racism uh, over the course of the pandemic. And then also the protests surrounding, you know, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and people um, and the like performative acts of, you know, just saying, oh, here, here's me. Here's what I'm reading. I'm going to go read this book and I'll be a better person. (laughs) Um, That kind of just, you know, grew a little bit over the course of a couple months and then like stopped and, you know, who's who's continued doing the work. Um, Yeah. And for me personally, as an Asian American, I, Asian Americans hold this weird are in this weird space because we are marginalized identities, but we also hold, hold, hold privilege as model minorities. Um, and depending on where in Asia you're from, you know, may have been colonized by America or Western civilization. So there's just, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated very complicated space to be in. Um, And I think social media like TikTok and stuff has brought a lot of awareness, um, but also has amplified a lot of things in both good ways and bad ways. It's very polarized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And with what you just shared, Gabby, it makes a lot of sense that you know, that the band that we're discussing today and like in the song that they chose to like share with us was a 60 second clip. Yeah. Right. Like, (laughs) like it, it makes, it makes total sense in that aspect because, you know, even taking it back and like this whole composite response, um, like what happens if you're going through TikTok and from your right away, your larger audience, right? You're scrolling through TikTok mm-hmm. and you see a group of like five men of color. Like, are you going to listen to what they have to say about this perspective mm-hmm. <laughs> for more than a minute? Mm-hmm. You know, and they even do it to where like the four yeah. sentences are in the first half yeah. of it. And it ends with like, right. you know, like it's very like, even from that level, there's a lot of intentionality within it too, just because of the way in which we digest it mm-hmm. and, there's ways that definitely social media has allowed us to gain like small tidbits of information in like these very small like media formats, but also to the ways that like other messages can also be elevated as well. Mm-hmm. So I think a, there's a lot of different complex layers <laughs> and factors that go into this and like really like really do highlight just so many important things, particularly with like us discussing this song Mm -hmm. in this moment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like at this very time. Yes. 
Definitely. Part of me is wondering if this song was released and that video was released maybe three years ago or something, or if it was released three years from now, would the response, would I, yeah, would the response be different? Would it, would it have been written or formatted differently also? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes you think, how would this conversation change? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking like three years ago, I mean, obviously TikTok wasn't really a thing here and um, the way that we were um, interacting, I should say, on social media was very different. The way we were using social media was very different. It wasn't so much a platform for social justice. It was a lot of ads for um, products um, and a space for influencers to share what they were using and, um, you know, sharing what you ate that day. I mean, just thinking back to what a lot of people that I I used to follow shared. Um, So yeah, just the way that social media has evolved, even honestly over the last year since since the lockdown happened, it's been a space for change. So I know we've talked a lot about the song in kind of a grander sense, like societally and then philosophically and uh, professionally but to kind of bring it down a little bit to more inside the clinic space and and within within a session um I I kind of wanted to bring it back to when Allison was talking about just having a discussion on barricades so uh this I mean just having a discussion on barricades like what listening to the song and talking about what what barricades have you experienced because of your identity or your disorder or your disability or just how you look. So uh, it reminds me of a couple months ago when I was running a group with some people who have have acquired brain injuries and we were listening to Jeremy by Pearl Jam and yeah so that song talks about like a kid in school that got teased a lot and so we were reading something it gets it gets the end of the song it just gets real dark (laughs) so we were talking about the lyrics and Um, We watched a little bit of the music video and it's this kid who's just like all alone. So we were talking just about, you know, have you experienced that, you know, being alone? Have you experienced like, have you like, just what are your thoughts on it? And, you know, they started sharing about how, yeah, because I speak differently now or because I have a limp or, you know, something is like one of my muscles is a little like spastic, what, you know, how people look at them differently and interact with them differently. Yeah. um, I was thinking about the discussion for the group that, that I work with and um, some similar things 
have been said in my groups, but um, but shifting it to the mental health population, we've been talking a lot about identity and acceptance. And so I think this song brings up um, those two themes really strongly and and could lend to uh, to deeper conversations about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we have had uh, discussions on on race. And I think this is also something that needs to be brought up in, in conversation. And I think this is a great way to start that. Mm-hmm. I also think that the song, if not even using it, like the recorded song itself or like in a clinical space, the, the prompt for how they came up with it and like the idea behind it, like, how can I share my message in 60 seconds? Um, and figuring out, like, if having a conversation and if that's something that folks that we're working with or folks that we're working alongside really want to have that opportunity. Like, if I had 60 seconds to communicate something to somebody, to communicate something to the world, how could I do this? And I think this is a really wonderful example of how you can do that and how it doesn't really take, you know, a bunch of words or, you know, we're talking about earlier, all this fancy frilly language about it. Like you can, you can do it in the span of a minute and it's still a complete song. Um, And I think that's a really important thing that we can also share and have in a clinical space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not just the, length of it like time-wise but also word-wise like there's only four sentences and some of them are repeated (laughs) so kind of having that structure as well like here here are four lines i only need you to write four lines like it's also just from a songwriter perspective if, if someone is trying to write a song and they're very overwhelmed four lines. Let's do this. I think we can do it together, you know? Yeah. And, and what's funny is I've done something very similar to this, but we wind up then going and creating a larger song based off of like four or five lines that they've already written. So I'm like, this is even better. Cause it's like a, a their own song, like their own shortened song, instead of having to try to then create this big structure and, and make it overwhelming. Cause it is overwhelming sometimes. So mm-hmm. I love that idea, Grant. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I think also, too, if you were going to expand on writing, to think about, like in the song, they're saying, would you listen? So if you were, were writing about your identity, who are you trying to write for? Like, who are who are you speaking to? in this song? Like, are you speaking to society, to a person that made fun of you when you were in fifth grade? You know, who who are you speaking to? Yeah, a musical role play. You know, gestalt in here, all right. (laughs) Sorry, my brain is like, oh, there's so many things. Yeah, I love it. So those were, a lot of our thoughts <laughs> surrounding surrounding the song Barricades by Action Adventure. 
If you'd like to find more about them, you can find them on Spotify. It's action slash, slash adventure. They are also on TikTok and social media, other social media, and we will link them in our show notes. They don't have any sh- actual live shows right now because we are in a pandemic, but hopefully they will be having some soon. If you are in the Chicago area, go check them out. And we have a lot of great artists and interviews coming up throughout the rest of season six. And we're very excited to share all of them with you. So be on the lookout for those. And again, if you would like to support us, you can do so financially through Patreon at patreon.com slash clinical populations. You can also buy some of our BOP swag at clinicalpopulations.threadless.com. And if you just like to join the discussion and keep in touch with us, you can find us all over social media and we'd love to hear from you. So I think that's all the announcements. (laughs) We are glad to be back for season six and we hope you stick around with us. Everyone stay safe and healthy. And we'll catch you later. And we're going to sign off by listening to Barricades by Action Adventure. Bye. Bye.